Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. On today's podcast episode, we're continuing the series Throwback Thursday, where I bring on to the show talented individuals that I met years ago and to see where they are now. My guest today is Gregory Sanderson, a graduate of York University with an honor specialization Canadian Operations Research Society mathematics designation. Greg joined IBM, a part of their top new graduate program, Consulting by Degrees, where his expertise grew within the interactive experience team and progressed to work in the Internet of Things team and the Global Center of Excellence. Greg's ability to align across sectors and service lines mirrored the learnings and visions to foster top talent where we first met. Greg achieved subject matter experts designation with AI development of speech, analytics, voice biometrics, and exemplified his abilities as a project manager, design thinking coach, and a co-creator. These achievements led to publishing internal white papers, reflecting his expertise with speech analytics, and how users experience and can drive optimal problem-solving statements and areas for improvement across the enterprise landscape. Greg is currently the founder and president of two Canadian startup companies, and today's focus is to learn more about his newest, My Role Inc., which is an innovative ecosystem company exploring how our passions surface pure innovation with an honest motivation. More to come on that later. In his spare time, you can find Greg mentoring others, enjoying Canada's great outdoors, active in his family and children's success, and adding efforts to playing hockey and soccer with friends. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Oh, fantastic, Brian. Thank you for such a, a gorgeous introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's so great to reconnect. And uh, just so our audience can get to know you a little bit better, we have a few rapid fire questions I wanted to ask you. So what are your pronouns? I would be he, him. Awesome. Okay. And superpower. Do you have a superpower? Oh, what, what a great question. Interesting. My role actually kind of encapsulates the ability to have multiple superpowers, which is a conversation <laughs> we can get into later. So what a, what a great question to lead off with. Um, mine would be pulling people up, um, right. pulling people up to be able to kind of see the whole value proposition. Um, that's kind of one, one way of looking at it. Nice, nice. What's the uh, best compliment you ever received? Ooh, wow. So I may be a bit of a parent here for a second. My children, um, my girls uh, and their team just won the world championships in Lego STEM robotics. So Uh raising world champions, I would say, like over the years, prepping them with rep soccer, baseball, dance, math competitions, spelling bees, STEM Lego. And I think the greatest compliment any parent could have is having your children kind of get to the world stage. Um, That's awesome. That's so awesome. That's congratulations. Congratulations oh, to them. Congratulations cool. to them and the team. It's, you yeah. know, we're just the supporting mentors. You know? Hey, but that makes a huge difference in a young person's life, as you know. Absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite smell? Do I have a favorite smell? <laughs> oh, I may take this into the sports side. So anyone who used to play hockey, about 5.45 a.m. morning skate practice, there's this dew. It's almost like in your skiing in the Canadian Rockies. There's this morning dew smell that's so fresh and so clean. 
that is it just brings such great memories to me if that if i can answer that way that that would probably be my answer that's a great answer um how about this do you have a go-to snack <laughs> well we're getting into food okay um <laughs> wow you know i'm 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 a big canadian so i'm gonna kind of mirror and follow terry fox a little bit here on this okay uh, so what a brilliant and beautiful individual who's done such amazing things. His favorite snack was Joe Louis, and Joe Louis has kind of evolved into becoming my favorite snack. So I'm going to go with Joe Louis. Holy! Uh, so as the American on this podcast in Canada, <laughs> yeah. what is a Joe Louis? Oh, a Joe Louis is—it's kind of like a chocolate pastry that has a little bit of like a crumb in the middle. Okay. And, and you can almost like peel it off, like almost like an Oreo cookie and you can eat the top and the bottom separately. Next time you're in any kind of, you know, convenience store or uh, Avondale store or something along those lines, try to see if you can find a Jaloui. I think you'll like it. Right. All right. I'm going to check that out. I learned something <laughs> yeah. new today. Thank you for that. Um, favorite subject in school? <laughs> I feel like I want to say recess, <laughs> but just, you know, I, it's just one of those things where I, I'm of such a people person. Yeah. So recess okay. was almost like its own subject, right? Like connecting with people and creating games and having fun and um, just embracing all the different other classes. Cause often in school, you're just in your one class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if a friend were to answer that, they would say mathematics. Okay. okay well i i like recess too um yeah. well we all started somewhere um and so i'm curious like what was your very first job very first job i i don't know if this is what people would classify as a job but i would say soccer and hockey Okay. I was one of those children that loved the game, loved the craft, um, put a ton of effort into uh, the sports, and it really led me to much success. It, it led me to being able to go to one of the best prep schools in the country, Ridley College. So it, it really, as much as it may not have been something I was you know, running around like a paper route picking up money, which I did that too, but... It was more something that was a passion that became a bit of uh, who I was. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer soccer and hockey, actually. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. And so many, so many skills in sports, as we know, that you pick up. Um, if you had to describe yourself in one word, what would it be? I don't know if anyone should be describing themselves in only one word. Um, it's it's one of those beautiful things that I think we are multi-diverse um, individuals and intelligent at so many different things. So, but I, I would probably say just passionate, leader, dedicated, driven, yeah. uh, noble, family first, visionary. And I, I really just, I love the ability of having an open conversation and having all viewpoints at the table in that conversation. Yeah, no, that's fine. Those are great words to describe you. All right. So let's, let's jump in. Um, so you have tapped into your entrepreneurial spirit and you've experienced of being a startup uh, supporting Canada's footprint in the information age. 
How did this come about and what thoughts and advice would you have for Gen Z and, and Gen Alpha on how to get started if they wanted to think about that path? These are beautiful questions here. You're very good at this. I'm going to just give a little note across <laughs> there. Um, I, you know, I think if I break that down and unpack it a little bit, yeah, there's two parts. There's the entrepreneurial, how did that kind of surface? Was it something that surfaced or was it something that kind of uh, gravitated myself towards it? And then the second part is just advice to Gen Z and Gen Alpha. So yep. if it's okay with you, I may start with the latter and go back to sure, the former. Sure. Do what makes so sense. Gen Z, Gen Alpha, to me, are really a, a, a wonderful area of uh, exactly what our companies are embracing, our demographics are going after. They have an ability to get to information faster than any kind of demographic or any type of generation before us. Uh, they, 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 they can actually vet the conversation almost in real time while they're speaking. It's, it's an incredible uh, learning capabilities. You know, this isn't um, the old days where you'd go to a library and you would have to source things out. It's uh, the information comes at them in so many different streams, so many different ways that I find for Gen Z and Gen Alpha, I, I really support the break fast, learn quick and move forward. Mm -hmm. type of analogy right so uh, they are the type of generation that are leading the information age uh, they're embracing it in such a way that it, they've gone away from the industrial age where it was like okay build the business potential first and then try to figure out what the products and the services are to support your business potential whereas in the information age and for gen z and gen alpha they build MVPs, right? They build minimal viable products and they build tons of them. Like these are coming out by the thousands as we speak just to explore whether there's a business potential. So it's a completely different way of, um, you know, being involved, learning at speed, learning at scale, um, tapping into the break fast, learn quick and moving forward type of analogy. And they do it with such ease um, and such seamlessness that I, that's really the advice. If I gave any advice across in the short term is keep doing that. Like mm -hmm. if, if you have a, a, the opportunity to, to bridge additional effort, if you are focused on school, if you're focused on additional activities, if you're a part of STEM or other, other kind of really wonderful areas of exploration, do something for yourself and your friends too. Like build an MVP just for yourselves and then shoot it out into the world and see if it actually catches. Like um, that's, that's kind of what the information age is going to see more of. And that would probably be some of the advice and guidance um, that is not only just coming from me, but from coming from everywhere, right? These MVPs are just really an, a, a wonderful way of building tools for the information age uh, and then seeing if there's an actual business potential for it to be grabbed onto and just run. Um, so that's a really exciting question actually. Now if I take the former now and speak of just the entrepreneurship, I think that word is going to change too. I, I find that there's a little bit of an industrial age kind of attachment to the entrepreneurship. Um, whereas the information age, it will morph into kind of its own brand, I think, going into the information age. Interesting. And I think we all kind of grow up a little bit like an entrepreneur. Like, 
I know for myself, I was lucky enough to go to, you know, prep school and some of my friends, um, you know, they, they owned, you know, already core strong businesses inside Canada or their families did. Right. So, um, for instance, like Marine land and Niagara falls. And so to go to school with, with friends that are already in that entrepreneurial already in that kind of, um, new solution, strong microeconomic type of uh, conversation and doing it, um, you know, uh, in a in a wonderful way, in a, in a positive way, in a way that really embraces their own learnings and the strength of of how they can contribute into the culture and into the country. Uh, I think that was naturally in my life always, but I'm gonna give an applaud here to, you know, we talked about a little bit here the you know international business machines, right? The yeah. uh, the abbreviation for for IBM here is. When I was at the company, it was the era of Jeannie Rometty. And what an incredible visionary, right? Like this, this beautiful woman was almost five, six years ahead of everybody, in my humble opinion. Um, and it was this natural kind of um, belief that if we're going to bridge into the future, we have to think like we're all startups. Like we almost have to go in when we talk about speech analytics and how it will lead into AI. You have to look at it like you're a startup, or if you're bringing, you know, passive voice biometrics or, or voice biometrics active and, and fraudster detection to the world. You you have to look at it like what are all the channels that are going to come off this? Where is it going to have a value proposition? What demographics is it going to hit? Which environments is it going to work best in? And it, and when you were a part of that culture during that time with Mrs. Rometty, um, it was it was exciting because she really was such a visionary that she really pushed the envelope for you know the IoT analytical models and uh, getting into you know the global potentials of what startups can start from and grow into, and I and I actually you know I I kind of feel like a little bit like Lou's book there where. Maybe the elephant just couldn't dance fast enough for her. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she was so excitable and she was so ahead of the game and she really drove that startup mentality inside, you know, this, you know, big, wonderful company. But um, she really took it from a different angle. And I think that really left a little bit of a, a mark on me to say, no matter what you're doing in life, you got to think like a startup a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's some great, great advice. Thank you for that. And so thinking about that, those times and consultancy, you know, was your, your beginnings. Um, how, how has being a consultant helped you to get where you are today? And, and what skills have you learned from that experience? Oh, wow. So I, I think I spoke to some of that right there. Um, yeah. Consultancy is an interesting specialty. Um, I think in a way for me, because I had careers before, it was already attached into um, a little bit of my craft. Yeah. So in, in, if I can speak to consultants are almost, if you go into, you know, a top restaurant, or if you go into kind of a, you know, a certain establishment that has, you know, waiters and servers and bartenders and people that are addressing the needs of, of and anticipating the needs of 
you know, their clients and their, their regulars, they're almost like the stepping stone of the best consultants because consultancy is just anticipating the user needs, being able to assist with finding where the areas of exploration need to improve and then trying to solution together as a team uh, how to make things even better. Yep. So whether you're in the service industry, whether you're in um, you know, the big corporate world, whether you're in you know, the mid-level kind of market world, I think that's a natural craft within most of us. And it almost should be applauded a little bit, a little bit more uh, to show that we're kind of all a little bit consultants. Um, and it's, it's something to embrace. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, thank you for that. I think those are some great thoughts on, I, I love the idea of that it is in, in, in all of us. I mean, you're, you're thinking about your work, the things you do, the people you come in contact with. Mm-hmm. We all can be consultants on various things and experiences and just help each other. So, no, I, I love that. Um, on Twitter, um, you share some really powerful quotes and thoughts. I have to admit, as <laughs> I was preparing for this podcast, I went through your Twitter account and I started seeing some of your quotes and different experiences and it's very um, energizing and moving. And I love the one that said, let's think Canadian and focus on uniting our people by transforming our advisories, our our advisories into advocates. Um, And it really hit me. And I was curious, what was the backdrop to that quote? I think you meant to say adversaries. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. Adversary. Sorry that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, (laughs) and and I guess my question really, I'm going to maybe spin this back to you a little bit. I know it's, it's a discussion, (laughs) but am I correct? Like to be successful, you know, we create big bets and we take baby steps to get there. And as we go through those baby steps, true success often occurs when those that were maybe once considered adversaries flip script and realize the value proposition that you're standing for aligns exactly with how they want to see things moving forward too. And they become your strongest advocates. And the, the more and more you can grow that change, the more and more you can create beautiful things that take people that, may believe their adversaries or maybe just not know enough about you know what you're doing so they're a little bit reluctant to be on your side yeah and as they learn and they love what you're doing see the value proposition they instantly kind of turn into these amazing advocates that want to not only see you success see what you're doing successful but be a part of that journey so you know I'm going to flip that to you, Brian. Like, am I close with that type of a comment? Oh, uh, 150%. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, and especially now in so many facets of the world, um, whether it's work, community, what have you, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big one. And, um, and thank you for course correcting me there because um, I was reading it and uh, not reading it, articulating it the way it was coming out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, and I think it's something that's pretty powerful for, for all of us to think about because when you can help someone see something and they can also get behind you on something, it's, you know, that's 
it's more powerful in numbers to have that. So no, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Well, and it also, if I can just do sure. a touch more on that, like think of what, where you are and how you're embracing connecting people, this beautiful podcast and how it's evolved. You know, I, I would gather that through the journey, there were probably skeptics and there were probably critics and there were probably people going, will this work? Is this the best, you know, channel for you going forward? And as you continue that journey, like, you know, you could probably go break bread with them now. And they're like, amen, Brian, like <laughs> what an amazing, you know, accomplishment. I want to support you. How can I help fund you? Can you be a part of what I'm up doing? Like, uh, is there any in your own life? Yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Um, and then I learned that too, from my experience, as you, as you say, it's, um, you know, it's change makers and sometimes people looking to try new things. Um, sometimes, you know, there's people that are not necessarily on board or don't know if that's the right direction. But um, I think as you said it, like, you know what, you can, you can really kind of make your path. And, and if we're mm -hmm. all entrepreneurial in spirit, as we go forward, trying to embrace each other. Um, yeah, no, it's been a great, great journey. And thank you so much for calling attention to it because um, it is something I'm super passionate about and it's it's becoming um, quite a an asset and uh, an opportunity for your, uh, all career seekers to kind of listen to other people's stories and get some thoughts and ideas about their own. So so thank you about that. Um, That's fantastic. So this is a part I always get a little more personal with our guests and really oh, kind of talking go. about opportunities and challenges and things that we all deal with in our, our day to day and in our lives. Um, is there anything that comes to mind that you'd like to share with the listeners um, of anything that you were over to either work through, overcome or still working through and, um, and what lessons you learned? Things that I, sorry, pardon me, just repeat that just for a second. Yeah, so, yeah. so was it more like, challenges and how did we overcome them type of scenario or yeah 100 percent. fantastic so i'm gonna bridge a little bit into our new company which is my role incorporated um and you can pop in it's myroll.ca it's beautiful it's in its soft launch right now the apps going through all of the app stores reviews and and get in there and have some fun and embrace what is an innovative ecosystem, which is a very new tool within the information age. And the challenge, honestly, when, when we were brought the problem statement, the problem statement was, how do you surface pure innovation with an honest motivation? Hmm. And I have to say, Brian, I almost kind of laughed a little. Like I was like, so let's pause here for a second and let's unpack that. You want us to surface something. Well, in today's world, most media is algorithmic, which means nothing surfaces. It's driven or pushed or it's choreographed to an individual. You want it to be pure innovation. Pure innovation is probably one of the most challenging things to create because most things are just piggybacking off of pieces that others have kind of created and you're putting it together or finding a new marketing way or a new channel making money off of it. And then the last part is honest motivation. Well, <laughs> business is war, right? Like people steal, grab, do whatever they can, resurface, <laughs> copy. Like 
like so honest motivation is when it, like i'm sitting there and i'm i'm staring at this end to end problem statement and i kind of was like wow like you really are challenging me here there <laughs> um and it took myself and our team 2 weeks and we went through so many whiteboards and a, a lot a lot of that was just independently myself trying to do brain exercises and connecting with honestly people in the area of focus we were trying to look at which is gen z and gen alpha trying to figure out when in life does surfacing pure innovation occur with an honest motivation and it was a mon i honestly almost at one point went i don't think we can solve this <laughs> but then i found the solution and you know what it was what's that it was when you're 5 when my kids were 5 6 and 7 we're christian so we kind of have that fable of that beautiful thing that occurs called saint nick and this magical thing can stretch the world bring joy to everyone the speed of light it's almost impossible to catch them you don't really want to catch saint nick because you may not get on the nice list next year <laughs> they allow this illusion that the saint nick can break into your house which is against law they can steal your food which again is a little bit strange because you even leave the food out and then they leave these boxes that you don't know what's inside of them so it's almost like if you're in an airport a SWAT team would probably show up and be like why are these giant boxes sitting here you know like but for a five six and seven year olds that magic that 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 ability to actually create an innovative solution to solve how all of this is even feasible and I, I, I found myself sitting there reliving experiences with my children where they would be sitting on a top of a slide with another kid within the neighborhood that they don't even know. And here they are conversing over, how is this possible? What is it that they do that St. Nick is able to do all these things at a snap of you know speed? And I would see them at like play dates or school dates and things or school birthdays parties and again I, I would see my my daughters off to the side with some other children conversing over you know a week before kind of Christmas how is this possible and they would come up with these incredible solutions <laughs> that no one could even understand that you know uh, you would be like how did you get there like where did that come from and for them it was 100% innocent it was 100% honest they didn't want to actually look at it from any kind of negative way. And it was purely innovative to them because they didn't know enough in the world to know what's out there and what's not out there. And when we got to that solution, and that's kind of our focus of how we ended up creating my role, it was such an amazing kind of realization because the what we had to create, this innovative ecosystem that we created, it had to reflect that. So in order to reflect that, you have to almost think like a five or six and seven-year-old. Well, five, six and seven-year-olds, they don't see brown or black or white or gray or color of people. They don't even see the difference between boys and girls. They hang around with people based on height or based on likability or environment, right? Or their, their families were brought together. Right, so they, they have this completely different ideology in the world because they haven't been 
taught anything different yet. They've just been taught to have fun and enjoy and live life and be happy. So they haven't actually been, you know, em uh, embraced or, 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 or steered in any type of direction. And that became such an incredibly challenging thing to create. So as we were creating this, I, you know, part of the, the management of how we set this up, we had to bring in specialists, special developers to do special parts of the build and almost not allow them to see the whole vision. Because if they saw the whole vision, then they would kind of start asking all these different questions and they wouldn't just focus on the pure single focus item that they needed to build. And as we continued this on, we had to do so many different things. You know, we had to strip away what the world's normally used to, like followers and likes. Well, five-year-olds don't have followers. They don't like followers. They like their buddies, and that's it, right? So <laughs> once you got into that five, six, seven-year-old mentality, you had to embrace it at the end end of everything we were building. And my role is a reflection of this challenge, this problem statement, and its evolution of how it was created, and it's not even finished. Phase one's now out the door, the app's out the door, but phase two is being built, and phase two is all website-based, so it's a little bit of a different focus. But every single step of the way, as we would get into these conversations, people would turn back and go, well, how come we don't have this, or how come we don't have that? And I'm like, well, because we're not a media source. And because a five-year-old wouldn't do that, or a five-year-old wouldn't think that way. So if the solution is for this type of brilliant genius mentality, where pure innovation surfaces with an honest motivation, then the end-to-end -end of my role has to reflect that exact same solution every step of the way. Wow. So it's when you say, Big challenge. I think I'm still kind of in it yeah. <laughs> in an Sounds interesting like way. Yeah. But at the same time, as I'm going through it, you know, it's, you know, the beauty of it is there to create it needs to be tactically brilliant in your project management because some of the pieces need to be built so independently for them to have that clear five-year-old innovation mentality that if a, a natural person who's, you know, uh, a little bit more embraced by the world, a little bit more influenced by the world, will ask these types of questions to say, well, how come it's not like A, B, and C that's out in the world? And we're kind of need to share with them. It's because no one's ever built an innovative ecosystem like this, or yeah. even ever. <laughs> and yeah. no one's ever really gone after a problem statement that's surfacing pure innovation with honest motivation. And the last part is no one's ever had a solution that you're actually trying to capture the imagination of a five, six, seven-year-old the week before Christmas. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you're trying to encapsulate something that is, it's not out in the world. There is no something to reference from it. And uh, that is sometimes one of the hardest challenges as we're building this is just our own team having a kind of their own reservations go, well, I've, I, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know if it's going to work. And we're like, that's okay. Embrace that and embrace yeah. a bit of the discomfort. That's the beauty of when you create something different is there's going to be discomfort, you know, Absolutely. and you just, 
as long as it's a positive discomfort, then embrace it and enjoy it and enjoy that ride. That is it. Sounds brilliant. Wow. It's that is an awesome example. And I cannot wait to see how this all uh, plays out. Um, it sounds incredible, uh, Greg. And thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so thinking about some of the things that, you know, we've all encountered in our career and young professionals who are, you know, wondering, or maybe even a newcomer to Canada who's now heard this thing called networking. Um, when you look back and think about networking even now, um, how has it helped you in your career and what practical tips can you share for the listeners? Um, so let me just make sure I understand a question because I sure. heard a few things in there like networking is new. I, 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 if it's new, that's that's one thing we probably want to tap into to understand yeah. why it's new and how to embrace what networking is. Um, networking, such a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. It can also be a bit harmful too. Mm -hmm. So networking is the clustering of cognitive patterns of people at the same time in the same place going to the same direction. It's kind of the way I look at it. So um, you can have a network from high school that lived and breathed a certain type of realization in your life. You can have one in university, you can have one um, in different workplaces, you can live in different provinces, different territories, different countries. Um, like for instance, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's, who's lived in a few different places in Canada. So I think I'm at about 20 different cities in three different provinces over my life. So each network that I may have created in each one of these places reflects the cognitive patterns that we as me and my friends that all kind of got together and did certain things. We were all trying to achieve whatever it was that we were trying to achieve um, to the best that we could do it, right? Um, so, but at the same time, they work, those networks work extremely well in that environment and sometimes you kind of, um, you can't change the environment. So network is an extremely powerful thing to have. It's an empowering thing for you because it's a support system for you a lot of the times too as well. But it is also encapsulating a little bit of who you were at a certain time in your life. So if you've evolved and changed, uh, going back into that network, sometimes, I hate to say harmful, but sometimes it's like they try to pull you back into who you may have been or what you may have been thinking at that time when you were connected in that network. Um, so there, there's two parts to this, I would, uh, especially for Gen Z, um, and as more definitely from Gen Alpha, because they've grown up in the information age and because they are you know, I think more than 50% of the world's population right now, I think if, if my numbers are right, um, they are a mass that's so much bigger and their network yet was created differently. So because we've gone through a little bit of an isolation over the last few years, our networks got more confined and more precise and more environmental uh, or they went online and then they got into certain areas of passions that we loved. Um, so 
when you are talking about networking, find where it works with you now. So if where you are in your life, where you are embracing the conversations and the kinds of subject matter and the kinds of cognitive genius patterns that you're envisioning, you see yourself going towards, that's the network that would best embrace you in that next step. And don't, don't feel confined like you have to continue to stay connected with people who've been a part of your network to date. You know, I'm not saying break away, but if some of those people are very comfortable in where they are and they won't have any desire for that to improve or get it even better, um, then that's okay for you to go to a new network. You know, that's okay for you to explore where you're going mentally and where you as a person are getting even better and expanding what you would refer to as a network or creating almost a new network. Mm-hmm. And for the next generation, I think because information happens so fast and because the world can change at a snap of a finger, um, they are going to potentially have so many different networks, right? It won't just be the neighborhood network or it won't just be the school network. It'll be these pockets in the information world, some of them local, some of them global, uh, some of them focused on areas of conversations and geniusness of exploration that isn't anywhere near in their current environment. Um, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. That is something to embrace. Meeting new people, creating new networks shows that you're evolving and you're becoming even better as an individual. Wow, what a super insightful answer. Honestly, um, you know, I've looked at networking. I talk about networking all the time. um, But some of your points really drove home for me a lot of ideas around, like you said, um, various types of networks in certain times of your life, sometimes moving on to different networks. Um, You know, I hadn't quite thought about it that way. And the way you described it actually, I think, is a really healthy way to think about networking and, and, and look for those networks that can actually take you to the next place. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really love that answer, Greg. Thank you for sharing that. And again, like I said, I talk about networking all the time, but I haven't thought of it in those terms. And I'm, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to incorporate some of those ideas next time. I yeah, talk please do. <laughs> we, we all, we all learn from each other. That's right. Um, and, and every day I'm somebody, I, I love meeting new people. Like always constantly meeting new people. Um, And inside of that, it is almost like a bit of a quest to, you know, find a new network sometimes. Where are you in life? And this is super cool. What are you really doing? How are you doing it? Who are you doing it with? And how can I get involved? (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, totally. No, it's a really, really insightful, thoughtful uh, response. One other quick thing I wanted to, grab you for here before we look to wrap up and maybe some final reflections is a lot of the questions I often still get um, with, with where I, I network and hang out um, is, you know, Brian, how do I stand out to potential employers? How do I get Mm -hmm. someone's attention? What do I do to let people know who I am? Um, You know, obviously with the idea to create opportunity and, and what I always say is those opportunities 
can lead to various things. It can lead to other Mm -hmm. introductions. It can lead to other opportunities, or it could lead to, you know, that potential job, but any, any thoughts about, you know, what, what some of the things you've even looked for when you've built out your teams and, and people you've looked to, whether they hired, you hired them or, or they stood out to you, what, what would be your advice? Wow. This is like a golden nugget question. eh? Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yes, I, I've, I've hired many people um, and, and throughout my career, depending on where I was prior to, um, you know, making my transitional journey, uh, studying kind of advanced mathematics and then moving into kind of the corporate world structure. Uh, prior to that, I, I, I was definitely a part of, you know, certain management structures where I did a lot of hiring. And today, I, uh, I think we always hire. Like, I'm currently looking for kind of three top individuals uh, to kind of support the the expansion of my role. Yeah. Um, so when you are hiring and when you're being hired, there's kind of an, I hate to say it's like a old school um, kind of thought process, but you know, there's tried and true and tested, right? And, and yeah. you know, you don't want to get away from what's obviously worked for 10,000, 20,000 years you're not trying to recreate the wheel on everything here, right? So I often say there's five messages that happen with the new interaction. And it's not even for hiring. You can even relate this to the networking conversation too. But three of those statements are for the audience. Two of those statements are to represent you. So three of the statements I used to always think to myself as I prep for almost every conversation is, what are the three things that potentially the audience you're speaking with will smile? <laughs> like, how will you resonate with them? And often it's three things, something, one or two. Maybe you don't hit them all, but the, there's got to be something that they embrace naturally and what they're looking for and what they talk about most every day. And, and that often comes from research, right? You have to research who you're connecting with why you're connecting with or ask the right questions while you're first interacting with them and learn a little bit about who they are and what's, what is their passions. And then you want to kind of find a way to embrace those passions. So you leave this kind of smile in, in, on their face or in, in the back of who they are to say, Hey, this person connected with me. Right. And, and the, those three kind of messages can be all kinds of different things but they're not for you. They're for who you're just, who you're connecting with, because people want to feel like they've been listened, they've been heard, and um, that you're you're on the same wavelength as them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are you. You you need to have two things. So don't make it complicated. Just two statements that when they leave, the person will remember those two things. Right. So for instance, our discussion here today, you know, my two things are my role. Right. And really the inclusion of everything allows us to find even better. That's it. Those are the two things I I hope to leave here today with is whoever connects and speaking with yourself, Brian, is, you know, my role say it's beautiful. Get in, check it out, you know, embrace how it's coming out. And the inclusion of all of us really makes an even better value proposition. So if we can get the whole circle into this 
whatever it is we're doing, we will find even better and we will always get even better. Those are kind of the two things I would leave with. Mm -hmm. But connecting with yourself, Brian, there are so many things that like you and I hit home on that it's a little bit easier for me to try to like, you know, converse with you and and resonate because we, we both really believe in diversification. We both truly believe that, um, you know, there is even better constantly in this world. We both believe that, you know, the next generation is really our future and how can we em embrace, you know, helping them, assisting them, guiding them, mentoring them, whatever it is that we need to do, build tools for them. Um, and, and those are the types of conversations we both smile at, yep. right? So we yep. connect on those things. Absolutely. So when, whenever you're in type of an interview or you're trying to create a new network or you're connecting with anyone, even a new person, if you're out kind of, um, you know, at a park and you're just hanging out and all of a sudden somebody new comes by, think of it as five messages. Think of it as three of the messages are you embracing a way to make each other smile together so you connect. And then the other two are just you, something that that person, when they leave, they'll remember, like, and I, and, uh, and they'll come back to you remembering those two things. Make it simple, make it clean, and remember, we're all people, right? At the end of the day, as much as, you know, there's a whole lot of competition going on every single second of our lives, we're just people, right? Mm -hmm. We're all just kicking the can down the street and having some fun and trying to, you know, support the things that we love. Right. So um, don't forget that we're all just people. You're wow. This says, Greg, I can't tell you, I was so looking forward to catching up with you today and listening to you on this podcast and the insights, the ideas, the thoughts that you shared. Um, you know, I know this is a, a voice only podcast, but I am, smiling ear to ear just listening to you and uh it <laughs> is amazing and thank you so much for for really stepping up and being a part of the podcast and coming out to share a bit of your journey what's happening next and and providing some of these inspiring thoughts to others so i really want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today it's been a real pleasure brian uh listen i i i consider you excellence always have your, your heart is always in the right place. Uh, you are a sounding board for all, and it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so wonderfully excited to see how well this podcast is going. Um, I hope this thing just blows right up because uh, you, you have a wonderful ability of um, attracting greatness and really trying to show even better in the world. Uh, oh, thank um, you. And we need more more people like you, Brian. Oh, thanks, Greg. Thank you so much. And um, really appreciate that. For our listeners, if you like what you heard today, please share this podcast on Spotify with your network and friends. This has been Coffee with Convery. And until next time, please stay well. Mm -hmm.